at it again into the round of 16. That music just hits harder than it has this whole tournament after that win. It's been a few hours since the game. It's been a blur since then. It feels like the game just ended. I'm not sure what has happened since then. I think I must have blacked out somewhere. Haven't even been drinking. But gentlemen, the Yanks have defeated Iran one to nothing and are into the round of 16. We'll be facing the Netherlands on Saturday. Thad, if you are ever tingly right now, <laughs> yes. to be tingly, my man. I'll, I'll give you some tingly today, man. I'll, 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 say, I'll say that there's some there, man. All right. <laughs> and Thad even got a haircut for the event. I mean, you know, for the occasion. It did. It took some years off, I think. I want to start. <laughs> we're going to start here with Tyler Adams, the captain. He has just been absolutely phenomenal. And I think what we found out so far in this tournament that the decision to make him captain was less about Pulisic not having something like we talked about potentially and just more about Adams being that guy. He is just so clearly that guy for the team. He is he is the captain and uh, you know, Pulisic, I think, has obviously shown uh, a fair amount of those qualities in this tournament as well. But there's no yeah, he's that man, that man in the middle of the field, that man on the ball, that man in press conferences. He the has heat, been the man for sure. That heat map must just be the entire freaking map is covered. I have not seen one <laughs> for this game, but the passing maps around him in the midfield all tournament have just been hilarious. He's just a, been a black hole. And as we've said, he has been making himself money this tournament. And uh, beyond that, he's now, um, I think, asserting himself as a, as a star around the world, even. Because yeah, Leeds is going to make some money, man. Because if, <laughs> if all goes well for America, then things are going well for the world. Right, guys? That's right. Is Leeds going to want to give him up? Are they going to have to just be overwhelmed with cash? We'll see. Yes. <laughs> and they afford him so yes where well, where, where is he the reality go? is well the, the reality is leeds is going to be fighting for re- fighting off relegation all year and will most likely need they're currently 15th in the premier league table but they're two points out of the relegation zone so they're going to need to raise funds at some point either to reinvest in the squad for next year to be more competitive or they're going to get bounced out of the champo and they're going to need to sell off assets. I'm sorry. I just realized in the middle of that sentence that all these leagues are in the middle of a season. Like what? we we, were, we forget how ridiculous this world cup is in <laughs> December. And yeah, I forget that they all go back and they're all just mid season. That's, that's just crazy. It's weird rooting against certain teams because the club team that you follow like has those players like I'm strongly rooting against Uruguay so that Rodrigo Benton Kirk can go back to Spurs as quickly as possible and not like get hurt playing in a stupid world cup in a desolate country <laughs> so okay let's go back to the game today Cameron Carter's Vickers starts in the back what'd you guys think of that uh yeah CCV getting the starts that uh, was a surprise I think he filled in admirably uh there were a few really good moments He's always just kind of, he's not necessarily great. He's always just kind of had that quality where he's really hard to beat. He, he, he's just fast enough. He's really difficult to get around the corner. And I saw a a couple examples of that exact play today. Uh, Yeah. He, he filled in great. And then damn Walker Zimmerman coming in off the bench, 
had like 37 headers, 37 clearances. He was everywhere. He had the big clearance right off the line. Stopped my heart. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The and so I did want to talk about the defense. We're we're kind of starting to talk about how stingy they are. One goal the whole tournament, and it wasn't even from open play. But it doesn't feel like that entirely, right? Like I, know <laughs> I know they're playing well. Zimmerman's looked good. Tim Ream has been playing has been playing really well. We talked about last last podcast. But man, it just still seems like all of the chances have been there, and that we've maybe been fortunate to not have given up a goal from open play. Well, and Matt Turner has been there as well. Can't I mention the defense without him? He's made some nice saves. I don't know that I can agree with that, though, Cody. I mean, we allowed Wales. a pen, We gave a penalty kick up, and I mean, clear as day penalty. But Wales was not super dangerous moving forward. They looked better in the second half than the first, but it's not like they had a lot of great chances. England, we just stifled for the vast majority of the game until Jack Grealish came on. And they had some some looks towards the end, but they weren't carving us up left and right and just weren't clinical enough to put something on the, you know, on the board. And then with around today, I mean, we got lucky that one went through Matt Turner's legs and very slowly rolled towards the goal and was cleared, but it's not like Iran had a ton of great chances. No, they, they didn't necessarily have a ton of great chances, but one thing that was just excruciating to watch as an American fan was it just, they got every single inch out of every opportunity like I'm thinking of the one set piece they had with a low, a guy, uh, you know, went low, kind of a diving header around Tyler Adams. It went just wide of the post and that ball just had no business getting that close to going in. Adams played great defense was right there to break it up, to, to break it up. But they, they just seemed to get every inch out of everything. Every role, you know, in the attacking end seemed to kind of go their way. And yeah, that was excruciating. I've, I've always thought people were making it up when they would say they were nauseous in like nervous situations like this. And I genuinely felt it today. The last 20 minutes, because there was nine of stoppage time, I was, I genuinely felt sick. I was on my hands and knees watching the game at a certain point. Dad, you've been quiet. What do you think of the, de- oh, what do you think of the the defense? Oh, I think overall they've been really good. And, uh, as much crap as everybody gives Burhalter, I think it, and even I did with the roster, Cameron Carter Vickers was a inspired choice. I, just to, to throw back a word we used in one of the previous podcasts, because <laughs> he is used to playing teams that will bunker because he plays for Celtic and he's they they're the dominant team in that league and everybody that they play bunkers against them. So he had a little bit of experience with that and he had all the other tools. Maybe he's not the best at any of those tools, but he had all the other tools to do what he needed to do. So he had some experience at being out there and ready for a bunkering team to try to counter. So I think it was it was a really good choice on Berhalter's part. I'm not agreeing with some of the other choices he made, but... Yeah, let's talk about Berhalter at least briefly here. Uh, my question is, is he nailing this or is the team advancing in spite of him? That's a tough question to answer. There are plenty of decisions that he's made that have paid off. I think like the Tim Ream one, just bringing Tim Ream uh, has been, you know, a revelation and the systems uh, that he's put out against each of these three teams have, have worked, you know, at least in in the Wales that worked for 45 minutes. Uh, And so, yeah, some of these decisions he's making are, are paying off, but then at the same time, where the hell is Gio Reyna? (laughs) <laughs> Boom. 
Man, well, that shook the... So I'm I'm more more surprised by Shaq Moore getting subbed in uh, over Yedlin. Yeah, a couple of um, times now. Uh, yeah, especially given that Shaq Moore has not looked good any of the times he's been on the field, in my opinion. Yeah, I, um, wanted, I wanted Des to come off because he's on the yellow and we would need him for the next game. But I was definitely expecting Yedlin after seeing Shaq's first performance. But so, you know, the... Aronson being the first sub in the midfield off the bench has been great. Brendan Aronson's looked really good. Kellen Acosta, I mean, is probably the best the best guy to sub into that role as a box to box kind of def- kind of a six. Um, by and large, the subs have been pretty good. I just wish they would be a little earlier. It's like watching a Sporting KC game. Well, I, I've been sitting here wanting to say that about a lot of things, you know, that we've talked about today. You know, it doesn't seem goals. to be like watching a good sporting Kansas City team. Dominating but can't score a goal. Yeah, I know. Minus Willie Agata. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of scoring goals, we, we should talk about Christian Pulisic. Scored the most pr- Christian Pulisic goal I have ever seen. And <laughs> the tra- tragedy there is that that is like the biggest moment of his life. And he didn't even get to celebrate it. He was just on the ground writhing in pain. Um, he is day-to-day at the moment. The official word from U.S. soccer has come out, quote-unquote, day-to-day. But did you see his focus, though? As he was going down, he made sure the ball was in the back of the net. <laughs> yes, and then covered his face. Yeah. And <laughs> to hit when the adrenaline's running. Cody, tell the, tell the people what the injury actually is. Oh, of course. Because I want you to say it, so I don't I have minimize, to. I minimize this. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's a pelvic contusion. <laughs> what was going to be so difficult about that? <laughs> I thought I thought they uh, uh, had called it something different. And I wasn't <laughs> saying it was going to be difficult. I just forgot what they had said, clearly. Pelvic contusion. And I'm looking. I know everyone wants to make the make the balls jokes that those are America's balls now. But I, I watched the replay, and it definitely just hits him, like, like right in the belly or, like, right in the diaphragm, I guess, maybe even almost. But it's not the pelvis. Not That's a different part of the body. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it could be the upper part of the pelvic bone and because it was pelvic contusion, it used to be called like a hip pointer also. So I think it's possibly that area. So what what do we think about Sergeant up top? Well, I went back and forth on that at the, in the first half, I was just thinking, all right, second game we've seen him and he's just not doing it for me. I wanted to see, Jesus out there or Haji Wright, which my God, how bad did that turn out? But anyway, Sergeant, <laughs> before we get before we get to that, Sergeant, um, I think played okay as the game went on. Uh in the first half while being frustrated with him, I think I was ignoring a couple moments of hold up play where he, you know, did it did at least right. that job. Yeah. And then I think that continued even further into the second half. He was he did he did it a few times. And then on the play he got hurt. That was a great turn and was a v- about to be a dangerous moment there for them. And honestly, what he did in stepping on the ball like that, that was, that used to be my nightmare while playing soccer. I used to like, think about that a lot. I saw a kid do it once and it, I was always terrified of doing it. So that hurt, especially <laughs> to see the ginger go down right there. That yeah, I thought he'd actually, I thought he'd actually been doing pretty well um, as in the first half, but it was as it, as it went on, I think he wore down. That's, 
Again, that's why I think some of those guys should have been uh, subbed a little bit earlier. But, yeah, that injury kind of hurts. We'll we'll see how he's really doing, though. They all wear down. They're all getting tired. I know. Except Tyler Adams. Well, you can you can see Burhalter's strategy, right? Bring Reyna and bring uh, Jesus in against Netherlands. They won't know it's going to hit him. <laughs> now, I actually think you know. There's, I think there's a chance that Reyna does get playing time against the Netherlands because Pulisic, if, if he can play, he'll play. But there's a real question as to whether or not he starts or he's a sub off the bench, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the drop off between Pulisic to Aronson isn't so drastic that you lose that much. I mean, I would consider probably starting Aronson and seeing if Pulisic has 20 minutes in his legs with the injury. Um, Cause you don't, I mean, you don't really want to sub out Pulisic at half or have him trying to manage himself in a game where he's going to have to go right. as all out as he possibly can. Yeah. If he's not able to play, then it's probably Aronson with rain off the bench. Yeah, I mean, if Pulisic's not 100%, I would say bring him off the bench, right? Yeah, I would. Yeah, that seems like the better the better fit there. Yeah, I think psychologically, I think, David, maybe you're alluding to it, having your cap, well, okay, not your captain, but your big marquee guy go off at halftime is kind of a letdown in a sense. Bringing him on 20 minutes left for a you know injection of something is, is a much different situation. Aronson did did well today, though. Again, got his normal. I guess he got a, a longer shift. I guess uh, in replacement there, he is still that very dangerous one, but he hasn't had the final touch. And I kept thinking that about the whole team until that goal was scored. That it's just a reminder they're still so young, and each of those moments with the ball at their feet and they can see the goal. It's just the biggest moment of their lives, and a lot of balls over the crossbar. And I just kept thinking that the whole time, like they need to get lucky. A ball needs to bounce off somebody and go into the net and then the pressure can be off and then they can just have fun the rest of the tournament. But yeah, it, it's a reminder that they're, that they're just so young. All of them. Eunice Musa 20 today. How crazy is that? He needed to score. He looked good though. He did. And I don't understand. He, we've talked about this whole tournament. He's he's tired in the 60th minute every game, but he just kept going. He was an absolute beast. The whole midfield, we're, we're very lucky to have that midfield right now. And going back to your point about in front of goal, way ahead that chance, 33rd minute, I think it was, and he hit it hard, but, you know, you got to get it on frame. It's just that composure in front of goal we don't seem to have. There were a couple of balls or a couple of touches. We tried to dribble and they were just long touches, went out of bounds or went to the defender. Yeah, it was frustrating for sure. But, um, you know, imagine how good they can be once those little things are cleaned up. I know you just mentioned Wea missing one and that was a bad miss. But if I look at this team, there, I think that there are three guys that I think have that quality, that bite, whatever it is for that final touch. And I would say it's Pulisic, Wea. And the elusive Gio Reyna. <laughs> and then and then I think Dest and McKinney are both capable of scoring a, a stunner, a, coming up with a surprise. McKinney has not has been also showing the inexperience, I think, as well. He's had a mm-hmm. few moments that that I think he should have done a lot better with. 
So, I mean, you mentioned Dash, and we already talked about the defense, but his defensive liabilities haven't really shown up a whole lot this World Cup. But he's been pretty solid, I think. Yeah, he was so he was great today. This was the best I have ever seen Serginio Dest. It's because he's getting to play. Yeah. And he cares. It'll be really interesting in the next game because he's going up against his home country. Right. That will be some storylines this week for sure. I'm glad to see that he will that he didn't get the yellow so that he can do it. And again, I'm not a betting man, but I would be putting money on him to score a goal that game. It just seems like it seems like destiny. (laughs) It seems like destiny. (laughs) Stop. Stop. Hey, he cut it on his left foot in the first half, and you know, it looks like he's going to hit one of those bangers, but he had, I think, reached for it up. He's off, off balance. I think the defender gave him a little shove, but yeah, I was looking for glory there for sure. So I know mm-hmm. this is America's Day, and we should all be happy the entire time, but I, we have to talk about Haji Wright. That was just absolutely pitiful all around. Like I, that in the 99th minute, I don't I don't know why I'm so I'm still like angry about it. So I'm jumping right into it instead of talking more about him. But that 99th minute when he just took that whack at the ball and it was the weakest shot in the world. And had he just taken it to the corner, the game would have been over. And at least the and he gave them another chance to loop the ball down the field. And I swear to God, my heart stopped. It was it was the worst moment of this World Cup. Oh, my gosh. My there's that youth again. Striking again. It was like when you're when you're driving too fast and you think you see a cop or you saw a cop and your legs like kind of freeze up. I can't you like can't feel your legs for a second. That was exactly what happened to me. But yeah, there were so many moments that like he was he was brought on to run and he wasn't even doing that. Like it's let alone like what he did when he was getting the ball. He was just out there jogging around like, man, cover some ground. Use your body. I was I was so disappointed in that performance. As and I'm even the one that was like I was at the beginning of this tournament saying I was happy that he was going to be there. Yeah, you almost wish they'd have brought in anybody else at that point, you know. Asus. Yeah, Geo. Would you have preferred Jordan Morris? Forgot Geo existed. (laughs) You know, actually, with the way Haji played, yes. In most cases, I would say no. Valid point there. That's a. It's. I'm usually against any sounder stepping in there, but I would prefer Roldan in there. It just the way he, he, I just didn't, I was not happy with how he played. So what do you think the deal is with Jesus? I mean, coming in, we all, or most people thought he was probably the incumbent, you know, the guy that was going to start, but he hasn't played a minute. What do you guys think is going on there? I just think that those people were not understanding where Greg's head was at. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Ferrer is a very good player, and he's going to get transferred this offseason, I'm sure, for $10 million or something. But Sargent plays, you know, consistently for Norwich and has been in the Premier League or the championship, which is equal to arguably better than MLS. Mm -hmm. Aji Wright plays in the Turkish League, which is probably not really any, like, really any better. Um but he's he's scoring a lot of goals and playing, you know, European European competition. I think the reason that Sargent has started though is more big games and big moments against better better opposition. Did you just and, allege that the Turkish Superliga is 
on the same level of MLS or the championship? <laughs> I don't think that's the art. Yeah. I don't think that's what I said. Yeah, but... actually it is. Yeah, no. That is. <laughs> okay. We, okay. we need the court reporter to read that back to us. But <laughs> I mean, I would certainly say that the, Tur- the Turkish Super League has a few teams that would win MLS Cup most years. He low-key corrected me there. Did you hear that? I said I said league, and, he, and he emphasized league there. The, yeah, it is. But you know, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce. Uh, there's a few other ones. Besiktas. Uh, some of these I'm not even going to yeah. try to pronounce. But I mean, like the, the, there's there's like three or four teams in that league that compete in the Champions League every year. No, okay, right? it's not every year though. It's that league is given two spots or one spot and then the qualification spot wins. And so you see those two teams a lot. I'm sure there are three good teams in that league, but no MLS is well beyond the Turkish super league. I'm, I'm, but, but like, is it though? Yes. (laughs) And that's why Kyle Laren left MLS to go there. More money. Money. Hmm. Interesting. Although in fairness, I've heard other people make that same comparison that the, Turkish league, and I don't really give a crap if you try to correct my pronunciation of any of it. Um, I've heard that comparison too that they're on par or better than MLS because of probably of that top four or five teams. But. There's no American slander today on this podcast. This is America's day, and we need to be happy about the quality of Major League Soccer. Well, hey, early- if, we're, if we're celebrating America, Cody, where's your Bud Light and your gun and your bald eagle? <laughs> I am sporting my my Beesler Bomb Pop. It is too small and it's losing its color on the back. I can't wash it anymore because Beesler will fully be disappeared from the back of it. But it, it might be just like sporting. <laughs> oh, oh. As, as he was so, sporting. So, could we expand things a little bit? Concacaf. Okay, so is Mexico still have a chance to go through? Or are they out? I forgot. They have a chance. They have a chance, chance. but they're going to blow it against Saudi Arabia tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about it. (laughs) Canada, I tell you what, I mean, we'll talk about them real quick if that's okay. They've got some pieces, but overall, they're just not there yet. It's America's Day. So, you know. America's Day. Hey, it's part of America's Day criticizing Canada and Mexico <laughs> and Costa Rica and CONCACAF. It is part of America tradition, giving all them countries crap and laughing at them. Canada, ha ha ha. So you know, that, let's 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 be fair to Canada. Canada looked really good against Belgium, and then looked really bad against Croatia. Mm-hmm. But the the Canadian team, the problem for Canada is they're in a weird transitional phase with their roster where they've got some very old pieces who you know this is their last run for sure and then they've got some really young guys who are right in their prime jonathan david's a stud kyle laren's great um obviously alfonso davies is really good and if he converts that pk then you know maybe we're talking about canada still being alive in the tournament right uh after getting a result against belgium who's ranked what second in the world third in the world something like that Woulda, coulda, shoulda, eh? This is America's day. Hey, that right? I didn't mean for this. Plus, they might have done better against Croatia if they had not had a coach that let something get out that he said. So, right. And Croatia was a little extra motivated. Okay. Yeah. Well, now they can they go home. Them up, didn't they? Now they can go home and drink the drink their maple syrup. Saturday versus the Netherlands. Thank God I'm off work. <laughs> oh my God, I know. 
that, <laughs> I'm just happy for the sake of of soccer in this country that it is a day where people are not working at 1 p.m. Actually, what time is the game? Is it another one? Nine. Nine a.m. Oh, it's nine a.m. Okay, all right, all right. I can get down with that. So I'm gonna get up, make a big breakfast, sit down and watch it on the couch, man. There you go. Okay, so quick question. Can I throw out a quick question? Yes. One of the theories is that the better teams in this tournament are getting better as the tournament goes, and I that's pretty much the same for every World Cup. Do we think the U.S. has gotten better game by game, or is it hard to tell since we played Iran today? Yes, as one of the better teams in the tournament, the U.S. is really rounding into form here. <laughs> no, I mean, we I, scored. Uh, I, yeah, uh, that's something. Yeah, they scored a goal. That is good. I think we did at least see our boys grow up today. This just getting through this game, getting the points, surviving that, getting through this group stage is going to do wonders in 2026. <laughs> yeah. But see, I think that foundation's been laid over the last couple of years. And again, we can give Burhalter a lot of, of uh, crap for some of the decisions he made. But the Gold Cup, the Nations League, where the U.S. pulled out wins against Mexico in the finals. I know that's not Belgium or Netherlands or any of that level, but it still was growing pains. And then with the Gold Cup and the, and the Nations League, really doing it with two different rosters. So more people got experience that he would have people to call for. I know that's, again, different level than World Cup playing against those top yeah. teams, but it's stepping stones for these guys. And, you know, some of them have played in Champions Leagues and all this other stuff. But it still is a is a different thing. I think they've grown up in each game. I mean, each game. I don't think I think they would play really well in a half and then terrible in another half. Um, you, you can, you know, that's may not be an exact percentage, but it's been in my opinion that's how it's kind of went. They played really well. They played not so well, or they not play well. They play really well, and that was even in Concacaf games. That that team, this team needs to still grow up. It needs to have the Tyler Adams, which is a good leader, and McKinney. And these other guys sometimes need to grab guys and say, you know, get your ass in gear. And sometimes they need to do it to themselves. You mentioned I think also with 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 regards to, you know, how teams are playing the World Cup, every every World Cup kind of plays out the same, which is that teams are very nervous to get beat. Every teams start very conservative. And if you can get a result in your first game, then you can play more open and more free. Um, but, you know, England played it very conservatively against the United States because they needed the result. Whereas today they could play free and open because they were they were going to advance no matter what, and so um, I'm not sure that the team that other teams are really improving that much. You know, watching some of these other games, it's just kind of a mixed bag. You know, watching like Spain put seven up against Costa Rica, and then I mean they arguably should have lost to Germany. Stop trying to talk about other teams. This is America's day. <laughs> Can we talk about the Dutch? Bad. You you mentioned the foundation that they've been building over the last few years. Yeah, that is, foundation is right. But this was at the World Cup. They went toe-to-toe with England and got a draw and beat a tough Iran team facing elimination. That they did they did grow up today. Like that's not foundation anymore. When you do it at the World Cup, two games in a row like that. That is, they're working on the upper floors to just to just beat that analogy into the ground. There, it's beyond foundation what they're doing now, and yeah, and it, I, they've grown up, and and now it's like, yes, we've been here before, and I think everything else from here on out should should be less daunting to these young guys. But in four years, we still need that striker. We're gonna need him, whoever he is. <laughs> 
Very true. <laughs> I think there's a lot of countries that are saying that though. Yeah. I was, I was listening to a debate about that on Sirius Satellite Radio like last week, and it's like, who has that striker? And they were running down the list of teams, and like a few of them had that very defined, here's our striker. And uh, they, you know, like half the teams don't have the guy that they just is the go to. They know he's the number one, number nine. He's the go to guy, number nine. Um, so well, it, everybody's struggling at that. Yeah. Well, we need a number nine that makes our wings, wing players even more effective. Is what we need. We don't necessarily need a nine that's going to bang in a bunch Kyrie of Kyrie Shelton. Stop. <laughs> yeah. This is America's Day. Stop it. <laughs> no. Uh, I think the difference there, though, is that the U.S. is creating the chances. And like I said, now that they've grown up, maybe they don't feel as young anymore. Maybe the monkey is off their back a little bit. And that I think they can score goals like that. And you talked about, you know, getting, getting a striker. Of course we, we would definitely need, you definitely want a striker. We need someone there that is more clinical at the moment, but also just the system that Berhalter is playing here, I think is just destined to eat strikers alive. Like the, the way the buildup works, the way they move the ball around the wings, it just, yeah. And, and just the kind of players that are on the wings there and in the midfield, it just isn't like, isn't suited to, you know, help a help a striker get a you know get his first goal like that kind of thing it's not suited around the striker by any means yeah i know it's different but can we make that skc analogy again you could say the same thing about sporting kansas city until willie agata showed up this season too can we give him american citizenship and what was our xg today by the way does anybody know david 1.29 i think something like that 1.29 is that good enough he just threw that to david to make david do that um Sorry, I've been on mute because my kids came into the room and we're playing with their fake lawnmower. Dad, I like that you came in support there with with just a guess. Dad's got it. Actually, it wasn't a guess. It was uh, I looked at it earlier, but it was uh, 1.18. Okay. Is that good enough against a team like Iran in this situation? Yeah. Yeah. Iran playing for a draw. Iran playing. They're a bunker and counter team anyway. Yeah. Playing for a draw to advance. Uh, and you know, let's not sleep on them. Like they, they're the best team in Asia. Like they, they're the best team in the confederation and they're no slouches. Yeah. I do wonder with them how much internal strife at home plays into perhaps not playing as well. Sometimes it motivates you. Sometimes it doesn't, but, uh, just, I know with like, some of them have supposedly been threatened that their families would be potentially in danger if they didn't sing the national anthem, you know, very vociferously on the on TV and things like that. So sometimes you got to wonder how much that comes into play. Um, I'm still like, hey, U.S. beat them, so you know, kick ass on the the evil regime there. But the players themselves may not be supportive of that. They just want to play. Did we talk about the press conference, by the way, the pre-match uh, press conference? Yeah. Where, Cody, did you see this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just love that they're just hammering Greg Berhalter and Tyler Adams with questions from the Iranian press. And Berhalter's answer of like, hey, man, I'm a soccer coach. I don't know anything about international politics <laughs> was a nice way to deflect. Yeah, they they asked him about like having, you know, Navy ships in the Persian Gulf. And he's, I mean, I wish he would have said, I decide who plays the six. I don't decide who plays the aircraft carrier. <laughs> Looking 
ahead to the game on Saturday again. I was admittedly score watching a little bit with Wales and England tied 0-0 at half. And I was trying to decide which team I would rather play. And it was honestly almost a, a toss-up for me at one point. Just with Senegal having Mendy in goal and the way our team can't score goals, <laughs> it just seems like Mendy would look like an actual brick wall to the to our guys. <laughs> uh, and then there's also the aspect that we've talked about before against England of the Americans just like being an underdog. Yep. And they are an early underdog against the Netherlands here. They At first, I thought the Nether, they didn't look good at all and i wasn't i wasn't very scared of them but they do have a cody by the way leading the way cody gapko is uh tied for the lead of the golden boot that's a fine oh, I messed it up. <laughs> it's okay David, you David mispronounced the cody the, the dutch the dutch are hard the dutch have hard names to pronounce wait what okay what is it gapko Oh, I just, I was literally just spelled it. It wasn't a pronunciation. I literally just had the wrong name. Like I was spelling it wrong. <laughs> anyway, Cody is the, is the important part of that. But uh, yeah, he, that guy, that's another player that has made some money for himself. And I listening to Jesse Marsh on men and blazers, he said that was one player that he was already looking at to bring to Leeds, And now he's probably way more expensive than Leeds can handle there. But yeah, the underdog aspect, uh, that's something I'm feeling that makes me feel very good going into this. They're not the same Netherlands that everyone has been afraid of in the past. Still some big names on there. Memphis Depay is one to watch out for, obviously. But uh, I, I'm and feeling, Cody. I'm and Cody, of course. I'm feeling very good going into this one. Bad. Don't don't bring me down. You're, are you feeling confident still? I don't know if confident, but I feel like they can they can win that game. I mean, yeah, that's that's all you're asking for at this point is that you have a chance to win those games in the knockout rounds. So Netherlands might overlook them. They may not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. The confidence that the U.S. team has is what really matters at this point is that they go out there and put out a good game plan. They execute it and they shut down the the couple guys who score goals and find a goal on the other end. And it's not like they're a bunker and trash team. The U.S. has actually been playing nice. They've looked really nice at times, you know, playing beautiful ball, just not the finish part. Robert, are they going to win? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, number one, the U.S. will be in the game. Okay, number two, I think we're due for that uh, offensive burst, right? We're going to wake up America 9 a.m. Saturday morning. We're going to literally wake them up, and uh, we're ready for a multiple-goal game. Let's go for it. That's how I feel. The monkey is off their back after this one. That was the goal was to get out of this rather tough group. They've done it. They're the underdogs going into this. I don't, the pressure is not on them the same way it has been. I feel like they can, they can relax and and really have some fun. And I'm, I'm eager, man. I feel very good about this. Hey, FIFA ranking wise, wasn't our group the highest average or best average out of all the groups, the quote unquote group of death. Yeah. But nobody I think, I, I think they called other groups a group of death, even though we had the one that had the highest overall ratings. But yeah, yeah, because yeah. nobody was respecting Iran. All right. So I know in one of our previous ones we talked about how what did the US need to accomplish to consider this World Cup a success? Um 
you know, I said, even you know, playing well and doing, doing good in the group and, you know, all that and getting that building for the future. Are they a success now because they've made it to the knockout rounds? For me. Yeah. But we have these like snotty casual American soccer fans that unless they win the world cup, it's a, it's a failure, but yeah, I mean, just the way this is shaken out, you know, we're playing the Netherlands. I don't, I don't know how you could say losing to the Netherlands in, in the round of 16 is a disappointment unless you're a World Cup favorite. You know what I mean? Well, here's what we've avoided. Oh, the U.S. is hosting along with Canada and Mexico. They didn't even make it through their group last World Cup. <laughs> yeah, we've avoided that. Mexico and Canada. Canada, obviously not. Mexico still may not avoid that. So at least we have. <laughs> Man, that is not on the, on the list of things I was hoping to avoid. That is at the very bottom of it. It was it's really just... <laughs> Like I alluded to, the casual sports fans that just yeah. to love to hate on on soccer. That is when I get really nervous. Honestly, sometimes I think that's what I'm the most nervous about is that I have to respond to these people. <laughs> hey, no, I think before we go, and I don't know how soon we are close to ending this, but you know the co- podcast we did with Diego and Jenna Gutierrez this morning really got some good stuff in it. It's a short and sweet podcast, but it's got some good content. So check that out, guys, if, uh, listeners, if you haven't checked it out yet. We're never ending this podcast because that <laughs> going on forever. This is America's day. <laughs> you don't kind of don't want to end ones like this, man, just because you, you don't don't always have a, a moment to just be happy for the U.S., you know? And while we were kind of waiting for a guest to arrive that maybe never arrived, but... Anyway, it's Cody, America's day. <laughs> Cody, can you can you splice in some quotes from Austin Powers and like just some drops from Austin Powers into this? I have already seen that meme all over all over Twitter. The Nigel Powers saying there are only two things in this world that I hate: people who are intolerant of other people's culture and the Dutch. <laughs> the red and the white and the blue and-